Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Gideon had tried nearly every technique known in Christian circles to reach the Himba. First, he used traditional Bible studies, but it was all too foreign and irrelevant to meet their needs. Then he tried the visual approach with felt boards and a picture roll. But the contrast between the colorful felts and the stark wilderness surrounding the villages was too great a distraction. Then he used observations and object lessons from everyday life. But the Himba people couldn't remember his stories from one week to another. So he tried literacy. But teaching the Himba to read and write took painfully long. Besides, does God's salvation require a knowledge of reading and writing? Gideon also tried living with the people as they live. His wife even helped build their own hut using sticks and dung and dust for the walls. While this helped them forge better relationships, they still didn't have any more success in winning someone to Christ. Hi, I'm James Arkazinski with Adventist Frontier Missions. I'm the communication director, and as such, I get to visit some of the projects around the world. I'm privileged to record some of the stories that you see on 3ABN, as well as some of the stories you're listening to on this program. On one of my projects, I was able to visit the Himba Project, located in Namibia, South Africa. This project especially fascinated me, because the Himba are probably one of the most well-known tribes around the world. They are, in fact, the most photographed tribe around the world. You might recognize them by the red clay that they smear on their bodies. They actually make this from the butter, from the milk that the cows produce. They are an agrarian society, and as such, they have cattle, they farm, and they are also a nomadic people, so they don't stay in one place for a very long time. Although the Himba are one of the most well-known tribes around the world, they are also one of the most highly resistant to the gospel. Many missionaries have come and tried to evangelize this people group and have walked away after trying unsuccessfully for years and years and even decades to try to reach this people. The story I'd like to tell you today is titled, God Speaks Himba. It was Friday night, May 21. Overhead, a few stars began to twinkle. I had traveled halfway around the world to witness the first ever Himba camp meeting and the launch of the Ambassadors, or Godpods, these solar-powered MP3 players that were recorded with Bible stories in the Himba language using traditional poetry, chants, and songs. God can speak to his people in different ways, no matter who you are, no matter where you live. This thought came to me time and again 
as the cool Namibian night air settled around the camp. A dozen tents were clustered near scrub trees as a campfire in the center of the pasture blazed with its first load of dry wood. A small cloud of dust settled over us as one more church member arrived in their pickup truck. It's nearly always dry and dusty in Opuo, even though God blessed this region with an extended rainy season this year, lasting three weeks longer than usual. And it was a true blessing from God. On the near horizon, the silhouettes of thatched and tin-roofed huts marked the village of the Himba chief, who had offered us to use his land for this event. Earlier in the afternoon, several of the church youth had pitched the 20 by 30 foot tent that we were going to use for our meetings, and now Charlie Eklund was setting up the sound system. Testing, testing, testing. One, one, two, two three. three. He adjusted the sound as Hifiki, a young church member who helped record many of the Bible stories, set up another microphone. Testing, testing. The smells of boiled meat and cornmeal porridge drifted over from the cooking fires and mixed with the taint of dung odor from the nearby wooden and thornbush cattle corral. The sky darkened as the last bit of twilight faded. The evening service was more than an hour late, and no program had yet begun. Time does not dictate people's actions here in Africa. <laughs> Many times they would even call that African time. Events themselves have the greater importance, and they happen, well, when they happen. Still, I could tell that Gideon and Pam Peterson were feeling anxious. These were our missionaries on the project. The singers we had invited had pulled out at the last minute. We knew the launch event for the Himba ambassadors was going to be challenging, said Charlie, because there were so many unknowns. How many Himba would actually show up? How would they react to the Bible stories? Would the church members willingly take to their new roles in mission outreach? The Petersons and Charlie, in addition to their small, faithful church, had put several years of hard work into producing the oral materials for the Himba people and recording them to the ambassadors. They discovered the key to reaching this tribe was to use the rich Himba oral storytelling techniques that involve singing, chanting, poetry, repetition, and interactive audience participation. You might recognize these as mnemonic devices we often use to help us remember things. For a dozen years before that, Gideon had tried nearly every technique known in Christian circles to reach the Himba. First, he used traditional Bible studies, but it was all too foreign and irrelevant to meet their needs. Then he tried the visual approach with felt boards and a picture roll. But the contrast between the colorful felts and the stark wilderness surrounding the villages was too great a distraction. Then he used observations and object lessons from everyday life, but the Himba people couldn't remember his stories from one week to another. So he tried literacy, but teaching the Himba to read and write took painfully long. Besides, does God's salvation require a knowledge of reading and writing? Gideon also tried living with the people as they live. 
His wife even helped build their own hut using sticks and dung and dust for the walls. While this helped them forge better relationships, they still didn't have any more success in winning someone to Christ. Finally, one day as Gideon was traveling with a few other local folk, he noticed the interest of the himba in singing and dancing and chanting. As he passed through a village one day, he saw a special ceremony taking place where the traditional means of communication were in full motion. Graciously, the villagers let him observe. Afterwards, for the first time ever, they began to answer his questions and give him insight into their culture. Now, this was the breakthrough that Gideon and Pam had been praying for and working for for over a dozen years. Back at the campfire, Gideon greeted another guest. Moro, he said. Moro, said the Himba lady, dressed in red, brown, and beaten leather skirt and sandals. Her skin and braided hair shone with a fresh rubbing of red clay mixed with butter. This was their beauty treatment. She flashed a brilliantly white smile. Peravi, how are you? Nawa, nawa. I'm fine, said Gideon. Eh, nawa, she responded. Gideon and I squatted next to the fire to make use of its flickering light as I turned on my video camera. I was documenting the story of the Himba and the oral outreach launch for AFM's upcoming video. What do you think? What's the purpose of this meeting? I asked Gideon. This is the event we have been waiting for, the first Himba camp meeting, he said. We have been praying and searching for a way to introduce God to the Himba people in a relevant way. What we've discovered is that in order to create a gospel movement, we need to target Himba leaders and clan heads, the men of the families. To do this effectively, we need to do it in a way that is memorable to them. As we talked, church choir members gathered around the microphones and began singing gospel songs in Herero. Beautiful harmonies floated across the campgrounds and into the nearby village. I looked at Gideon and he shifted away from the heat of the fire and continued. The Himba have resisted missionary efforts for more than 150 years, but by using their methods of learning and their styles of listening and discussion, participation, we're now starting to reach them. Standing up, he looked around the camp and he exclaimed, it has finally happened. As he said this, it came to me, God does speak, and he's using Gideon and Pam and Charlie to make his voice clear to the Himba people. Finally, the scheduled event began as Capitango, the master of ceremonies, invited local community leader Tate, or father, Tijiombo to give a history of the area. Tate Tijiombo came forward and spoke poignantly about the region's history. And while he was doing this, he suddenly broke out into Omiembo, which is Himba poetry. The audience, a group of Himba women sitting to one side, a group of church members sitting near the front, and a mixed group standing around the fire, realized that this was going to be a unique kind of Christian gathering. Soon after this presentation, Capitango asked Tate Tijiombo to come up again and sing an Obimbi. That's a Himba hero song. 
The crowd joined in, but at this point the gathering was transformed. Everyone, Himba and Herero, Angolan and Namibian, South African and American, enthusiastically joined in songs of joy, personal testimonies, and a message about God's love as the peace of God rested on them. I looked up at the clear sky sparkling in the Southern Cross and a million stars in the Milky Way. God is speaking to his people, I thought, and they are listening. As I crawled into my sleeping bag that night, local Opuo church members were commenting excitedly, It was amazing. God was with us, said Zinu Mabaro. I had a very powerful experience. I sang till my voice hurt. Well, he spoke the truth that about 2 a.m. I awoke, rolled over on my cot, and listened to yet another song, and smiled at the stars. An hour after a rooster's crow woke me, the sun peeked over the horizon. I could hear stirring throughout the camp. Muted voices, clanging pots, the whiz of tent zippers opening. I grabbed my toothbrush and some water and headed towards some nearby scrub brush. (laughs) All the time, watching out for snakes. The air was pure and untainted, much like the spirit of the fellowship that I had seen the night before. Our anticipation was mounting. This was the day the Himba project team were to introduce the ambassador solar-powered MP3 players recorded with Bible stories in the Himba language using their own traditional poetry style and chants. But as we looked around, not a Himba was in sight save for a few children from the nearby huts. Gideon led his team to a secluded spot to pray. Would the first camp meeting for the Himba people end in failure? Or would God work a miracle to turn it into a success? Well, we've run out of time, but we will continue the story in our next episode. Tune in next time to hear the conclusion of God Speaks Himba. Meanwhile, if you would like more information about Adventist Frontier Missions and the various people groups they are trying to reach, power up your computer and point your browser to afmonline.org slash who we serve. Browse through the list of people groups and learn more about them and how you can get involved. That's afmonline.org. Thank you and God bless.